Hello and welcome to Real Time Strategy, a gaming podcast from PR Pros. I'm your host for the week, Sam Mosier. Caitlin Redwing is out sick, unfortunately, so go send her your best wishes. Your best wishes. But today we're all good because we're thrilled to be joined by Spawn and Me founder and host Khalif Adams. Khalif, how are you doing today? So good. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, excited to be here with you. Sorry, Caitlin is a little bit under the weather uh, this this episode, but but she's here in spirit. So so rocking with 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 all of you today. Yes, yes, she is definitely here in spirit, and uh, the spirit is high because we're excited to talk about the Spawnies, uh, which are coming up on Thursday, February 29th. We'll have all the information about that down in the description. Um, but a couple, you know, some background on Khalif Spawn on me and the Spawnies. Uh, Spawn on is the video game podcast giving a platform to gamers of color and part of that initiative is the spawnies it's an annual award show hosted by Khalif and what's good games host rihanna manuel pena this is the third annual spawnies uh, again it'll be happening thursday february 29th 6 p.m pacific time mark your calendars it'll be on spawn on me's twitch channel which again we'll link in the description and so we're going to dig into all things spawn on me and spawnies this week and Khalif, when we have a new person on the show we'd like to do a bit of an icebreaker get to know you question so on theme with the spawnies uh, of course you and rihanna host it but if you could have a third Host, another co-host join you both. Who would it be? Megan the Stallion. That's an yes. easy one. I want <laughs> Megan the Stallion to co-host the Spawnies with us because one, it would just be ridiculously cool to have Megan on the show. Uh, and two, she's a gamer. Like it, I, I think that she would be easily kind of, you know, slotted into doing, you know, work like this with her personality and charm. Uh, and and you know, all the good stuff that she brings to the table. Like it would be so much fun to have Meg. Uh, on on the wheels of steel, hanging out with us <laughs> while we do while we do the, do the show. Like she's in the background, like doing the DJ stuff, and also singing and coming in and rapping once in a while, and then coming in like presenting awards and being on this on the on the on the desk with us. It would be so much fun. It would be a blast. I, I love that answer. I was admiring before we started rolling the Mortal Kombat rug behind you, and I yeah. I have to think that like eventually one of these days, like some fighting game will find a way to get making the stallion in the game that would be a huge loss otherwise if they don't do that then that's a big <laughs> miss like I, I was surprised that she didn't get into mortal kombat this year because she did a, she did a interesting melina cosplay that mm. caught the eye of ed boone and people were like oh my god is, is megan gonna be in, in mortal kombat one this year <laughs> like is that gonna be a thing and i was on the front lines of like please ed can we I, I will I will get the GoFundMe ready. Can we figure this out <laughs> so we can so we can get Megan into the game? But sadly, it didn't happen. But I think there's I think there's an appetite for it, and, and I hope I hope it happens for sure. Yeah, for sure. There was I mean I don't know if it still happens, but I know for ages like Snoop Dogg was always a voice pack added to Call of Duty. Um, yep. And she, you know, it's seemingly she's in new album cycle like with Hiss and everything. So hopefully, there's some sort of video game collab coming from her soon. But at least, for that at answer. least put her in. Yeah, at least put her in Diablo, right? Like I think, yes. I think like with his and Diablo being a, like <laughs> you know similar in some at least the aesthetic in some ways, like that would be a perfect mashup for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, everybody will have to tune in. Maybe this is a bit of a hint. Everyone should have to tune in again to the Spawnies on February 29th to see what happens. Uh, but to get into you know the Spawnies of it all, Khalifur, I, I did my little intro and all, but. You know, from from the mouth of the creator and host himself, what is the Spawnies? Yeah, the Spawnies is what I like to call like the perfect mashup between, 
you know, the BET Awards and the Game Awards, right? So it's like this great moment where we get to infuse a part of black and brown culture, uh, you know, underrepresented cultures within the video game space because it's a thing that's been needed. It's been a thing that has been kind of talked about around the periphery, you know, video games and, you know, black and brown cultures have always been connected in a lot of different ways. But from a developer standpoint, we never really get a chance to see some of the folks who, you know, look like me or look like folks from from those communities really get a chance to showcase their work or be attached to the games that they make in the biggest way. Some of the biggest games that you've played this year and in years past have folks from underrepresented communities on those teams. But most times they're not the folks who get a chance to walk on a stage and say, I am representing our studio to showcase the game that I got a chance to help make and a game that you got a chance to play. So Spawnies is the the bridge there. It's, it's that show that gives those folks that space to be able to do that work and to showcase themselves and, and to talk a little bit about, you know, how do you mash up culture and video game spaces? How do you think about the award show format in a different way? How do you think about what is missing from those conversations? And hopefully we're filling those gaps with the work that we do at Spawnies every year. Yeah, no, thank you for the for the explanation, Khalif. One of the reasons, I mean, of course, we're, we're big fans of Spawn on Me in general here on this show, but the Game Awards, one of the big conversations coming around it last December was the, the lack of stage time given to the developers there. Um, and then, you know, flashback, you know, not exactly awards, but uh, Summer Game Fest uh, back in June, there was no women featured on stage. And so, you know, getting a show like the Spawnies to look forward to every year to not just a celebrate the games of the year prior, but to actually give time and space to the creators behind them and, and giving the, the voices behind those games a platform is really great. What, you know, this is now the third Spawnies. What, conversations or was there any like initial moment you remember in either 2020 or early 2021 that prompted creating the show in the first place? I mean, I think it was a lot of that conversation around what wasn't in the game awards, right? Like you have to be a little bit mad to go and decide (laughs) to make an award show, Uh, especially if you're trying to do it with, with high quality and, and trying to do it in a way that is kind of you know, unprecedented in the ways that we've done it. Like the there, there are other video game award shows in the mix. Like the the Dice Awards are brilliant. The IGF Awards are brilliant. They, they all get run by, and I hosted the Dice Awards, you know, one year alongside uh, you know Greg Miller and, and and other folks there. But like uh, Jessica Trobat. Um, but like there isn't a space in which you really have that great mix of fun like a lot of to be honest a lot of those shows are kind of stodgy like they're not really exciting and trying to give you something else that's just the awards and even when you have layers of it that do connect with an audience in those ways of like music performances and other things like that they're not really contemporary they're not really feeling like you know they are connecting with the audience that is playing like i love Mm. the game awards for what they're trying to do but like bringing on Sting, even though he is an icon or bringing on Weezer in some of the earlier years, that's not going to get you jumping out of your seat to be hyped about that kind of stuff. So, you know, we've been working with folks who are up and comers and we're hoping to, you know, get some, some major, major, major artists at some point, but like the folks that we pull into the fold, I'm handpicking those folks because I think they have a really good finger on the pulse of the culture and they have a really good finger on the pulse of entertainment. And, 
what we get a chance to do is to do that alongside having developers use however much time that they want to talk about the work that they're doing. I, I have a full belief in the idea, and it's the kind of the, the, the North Star for, for Spawn on me, is that the video game industry is full of brilliant, amazing individuals who could be using their brains for anything else on this planet, but they decided to use that to make games, which hopefully will bring you some joy. And if that's the main impetus for that work, then that's there's really not a lot that you can ask for, except for giving those folks the time that they deserve to talk about their accomplishments and talk about the things that they're doing in the world that 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 make all of us excited to pick up a controller and go play. Um, you know, we have a we have a, a running joke that you know we don't have a play you off <laughs> a play you off sign. <laughs> you know, when I when I send out stuff to when I send out acceptance speech uh, asks for folks, I was like, we will never play you off. You, it's the beauty of a pre-recorded show. So you never get played off because it's about as much time as you want. But I never put a cap on it. I'm like, as much time as you want to talk about anything you want, this time is here for you because you deserve it. Um, so so it's it's filling in those gaps. It's filling in those cultural gaps. It's filling in those in- entertainment gaps. And I think, you know, I've had a lot of folks over the years, or especially the past couple, when they're seeing the Spawnies kind of grow and, and do better and get, you know, and the views go up. You know, especially with this year's past year in December, with a lot of the, those missing conversations in the in the game awards, people say to me directly, "Hey, Khalif, the Spawnies could be that show. You know, you might have you might be the one to take that over and do that thing that we've been hoping to do." And for a moment, I got really excited about that and was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, you get that rah rah. You're like, yeah, I can yeah. do it. <laughs> I can do that stuff." And then I sat and I took a moment to to kind of reflect, and I was like, "Well, that's different." Mm. And I think that that's fine that that's different. I don't need to be the Game Awards. I don't need to be DICE. I don't need to be the IGF. But if the Spawnies can land in a really special spot that fits a niche for a very specific viewer and an audience that none of those other shows can capture, then that's the biggest win that I can ask for. And I think that's where we've landed so far with the Spawnies. Yeah, I love that. I was re-watching last year's show in the prep for this, and I was reminded of just those moments you get from a people creative focused award show that you don't where it necessarily has like the razzmatazz and announcements of some of the big like broadcasted or you know whether it is like the grammys or the oscars or the game awards uh and Mm -hmm. it was when power wash simulator was uh it was its second uh award of the night and they were talking about how the team like some of the creative vision had to get handed off when one of the leads on it went left on maternity leave and it was just i mean it feels such a silly thing to you know say out loud but so often we disassociate the people making these games that we love behind between the games themselves and be like oh yeah like this person had this huge milestone for this life for their life happened in the middle of making you know probably one of their creative highlights of their career too and uh, getting to hear the team reflect on that and laugh about it together and then celebrate that the win and this thing that so many people loved um, come out together and be recognized on the show was really neat. And again, uh, you probably don't get a story like that from a speech that gets played off. <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Like, I, again, I think the most the, the least we can do is give the folks who are doing the work of giving us some of these memories that we will hold on to for the rest of our lives the space to talk about that work like me as a person who straddles many many lines of you know content creator influencer you know enthusiast press and now now working a couple of years in the development space at, at a couple of different studios like you learn a lot about 
the different ways in which not only players and the audience thinks about the work that you do as a developer, but also how other folks in the space within the industry think about your work. And even within that big circle of all of those pieces, most of them don't give kudos to the actual people who are doing the work. And that has always felt a little bit weird and a little bit bonkers. And I'm like, well, if we can do that for folks and give them a space to feel not only appreciated and loved for the work that they do, but also get a chance to then do the secondary lift, which is give everyone at home another layer of, you know, uh, visibility and saying, oh, I see someone who potentially looks like me when I usually don't. That's a multi-pronged win in so many different ways for things that the industry has been asking for and for things that the audience understands, right? So it's like, how do you bridge that gap? How do you figure out the good ways to make sure that everyone is seen? And also, how do you celebrate? Like, I think one of the things that we miss with a with an industry that is kind of in a, a, a fairly large sense of turmoil right now, mm-hmm. I hope that the Spawnies this year gives folks a little bit of you know, a little bit of joy, you know, a little bit of fun to be able to look at this, this industry in the ways that I hoped when, when I got into it, that that was the thing that I wanted to be around was I wanted to be around hopeful, joyous people who are doing a thing that is amazing and, and, and interesting. And if you don't do that, then like, what are we doing here? We're kind of just like sitting around being mad at each other on, on social media all day. Like this, there's gotta be more <laughs> to this life than that. So please. I, no, I, I hope yeah. This one is, yeah. Right. I hope this one is going to fill some of those gaps while, while folks are watching it in a, in a year. And, you know, in, in the past eight to 12 months, it has been extremely hard for a lot of people, myself included. I was laid off in, 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 this, in that span too. So it is a, a, hopefully a joyous occasion. And I hope that people enjoy it and, and take some solace in that. Yeah. And I feel like the best way to do exactly that is, you know, th- there's people who can make the argument or, you know, that like looking forward with announcements and just like all the games coming out is, is one way to try to stay positive and look ahead. But it does feel a bit like burying your head in the sand. And so <laughs> a way to authentically take part in that joy is by looking at the people who made it and like see their excitement for other people's excitement around this you know creative project of theirs um i think is the best way to bring joy to an award show so that again is like part of why we wanted to like break down how the spawnies happens every year with you on this show so on that note like I, I love I get nerdy for award shows. So like when does the process start? How how early is you know, has the Spawnies three been in the works? Uh well it changed a lot this year due to due to the layoff situation. Uh I usually try to start thinking about next year's show around March of, of the year. Like the beauty of doing a show that is that is mostly pre-recorded is that you can get all the pieces together and and and, and make sure that the 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 flow of the show is good and that you're getting all those extra layers of stuff in. And as a show that hopefully will go live and, and, and do a fully live production at some point, um, it, it gives me a lot of time to kind of gather those pieces together because I'm learning on the fly, which is the thing that is one of the hardest and coolest things about this is people ask me every year, they're like, so how do you, you have a nine to five job, you're doing spawn on me, you're hosting all this stuff and <laughs> now you're going to do an award show. How do you do everything at the same time? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, real, the, the real answer is I don't know, but it winds up coming together because good planning, trying to figure out what the North Star is, trying to figure out how to get good people in your circle to, to be able to 
hand a task off to and say, I know you got this and, and, and collaborate is, is really important there. Um, but it usually is a, about a f- seven, eight month kind of process. So like usually, you know, in years prior, we would go on uh, Martin Luther King. No, I'm sorry. You go at the end of January to kind of move into Black History Month. This year, we've decided to move it a, a little bit further out to the end of Black History Month this year uh, to give a, to give me some more time to build the show and to, again, you know, get to a level of quality that that that, that I really want to see. I, I, I'm very much a person who does not half-ass things, so I, I will try to figure out the best ways to to make a show not only exciting for, uh, you know, the industry, but for the audience. So it, that takes time uh, to be able to do mm-hmm. that in the, the best way. So usually around March or April of, of the year is when we start doing it. And that's the beginning is fundraising. And then the secondary parts are, you know, what do we add to the show from year to year to make it feel different, to, to show that we're growing and, you know, how do you get those, those, those external partners together to help you do that stuff? Nice. So as you mentioned, like the, the, how the show has grown and evolved, the first year was entirely virtual, uh, you know, 2021 at the time feels or feels like ages ago. Uh, geez, I, even saying that <laughs> loud, like I was like, wow, that was three years ago. We were some mm-hmm. of us were still, you know, waiting on va- you know our first vaccination appointments at the time. Um, I guess well, 2022 celebrating 2021. Everybody's still coming out of that. Now, 2023, celebrating 2022, uh, was at the the Kind of Funny Spare Bedroom Studio. Yep. Uh, what can people expect, at least what you're willing to tease or preview at this time for the Spawnies 3? Sure. We're, we're back at Kind of Funny's studio again this year. Love, uh, love those folks. They are, they are, you know, some of the best people on the planet. And, and I tell you, you know, one of the things that goes along with these projects is and I just talked about it a little bit is like, you really need good partners. You really need people who believe in the dream and people who believe in your work. And the team are kind of funny. They are awesome and, con- and constantly busy. Uh, we try to siphon, you know, sliver off like two hours of, of their day <laughs> to be able to go and record. And they, they are super sweet and accommodating and, and, and hook it up and record it for us and get all those pieces together so we can ship that to an editor and make it and make it look really good. But they are, they are without them, they have saved us multiple years to be able to do that work. Um, so that's one big change in there. You know, we're still looking to figure out the the the, the crux of getting uh, game reveals and stuff into the show. We're hoping, you know, with with the elevation of of the show this year, um, not only from a you know a visual standpoint of some of the things that we're doing in, in that piece, but also with the show now being simulcast on IGN uh, alongside alongside Twitch. Uh, that'll hopefully give us even more folks to be able to say like this show has legs and this show is important and and people are standing behind us and helping us grow this show. Uh, so, th- so those are kind of the major differences in this year's show. And then every year we have a fantastic music performance and we have a <laughs> Grammy nominated uh, as of, as of last night, Grammy winner uh, Pat jr. Is going to be performing with us. Uh, on the show performing for us on the show this year so all of those pieces kind of elevate the show in another way and you know it's it's cool to see you know uh, you know uh, me and rihanna grow in, in our hosting skills and the stuff that we do there and then also you know pulling in folks who are you know now grammy winners into 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 the mix too it's it's pretty rad to be able to see all that stuff move forward 
Oh, how cool is that? Congrats on the looking forward to tuning into the Pad Junior performance. And yeah, congrats on the, the the IGN simulcast as well. Of course, you know, probably many of our listeners know or probably heard you on Unlocked uh, last fall. Uh, is that kind of how this came about or, or tell us a bit more about that partnership? Yeah, it's, you know, the Ryan McCaffrey is one of the best people in the business. He, you know, pulling me into Unlocked for a guest hosting spot. Uh, for a couple of months was really a, a dream come true. It was a thing that I'd always wanted to do. Uh, I'm always looking to host new things and, and, and be, you know, you know, a talking head on some of those shows. Um, and we've, you know, Ryan and I have known each other for a long period of time, myself and, and, and Stella and Destin, we've all known each other for a bit. Um, but Ryan has always been a person who I've looked up to in this industry as a person who is a straight shooter and is really honest and really nuanced in the way that, that he does his work and is something that I pride myself on as well. Um, and, you know, uh, shout out to, to, to one of our presenters and, and fam, Danny Pena, for suggesting to reach out to them. Uh, and, and I was like, you think that they would do it? And he was like, you never know unless you try. Uh, and I <laughs> pass it, you know, pass it through through the, the upper ranks of, of IGN. And they were like, yeah, this sounds like this would be fantastic to be able to do together. Let's figure out a way to make it happen. So. I am hoping that this will be a, a, a thing that we do, you know, even, even more in the future. Cause I have even bigger plans for, for next year. Um, but having that cosign and being able to say that our show, which is, you know, uh, probably in terms of viewership, maybe in the top five of all video game award shows right now at this point, to have them say, hey, we want to be a part of this and, and share it with the rest of the, our audience and the rest of the world is a huge thing for, you know, a, basically a one person team who is, you know, who's doing this work on behalf of, uh, you know, our show that, you know, that is sponsoring it. It, it, it means a ton in, in so many ways. Like they were some of the first folks to be able to, you know, back me and, 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 and me being a person in this space when we had our conversation a couple of years ago around, uh, you know, a lesson in blackness that I still believe changed the video game industry with, with having discussions around police brutality, they were with some of the first folks to run our comment, our, our content on their site. So I think, I think those folks are, are, are good trouble as we, as we, as we like to call it <laughs> folks, who, folks who, who are, who are willing to, 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 to not just talk it, but to walk it. And it means a ton for what this show can be when folks are like, so you're not the Game Awards, but you're not such and such. So it's like, well, we can be when we have enough folks behind us. So that's that's the the, the blessing of where we've kind of landed with that. And I'm super thankful to them to, for saying yes and, and hype to see what that means for our numbers and, and how that helps us grow. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for breaking that down. This It's fun. So great, like finally getting to have you on the show because it feels like 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 a we're building the Avengers moment. Like Danny's been on the show. Mike from yeah. Kind of Funny was on just a couple of weeks ago. So it's I love seeing all like our favorite people in the industry come together to help make the show even bigger than it has been in the past. Who else? Um, you know, talking. I know like you're the the commander in chief running the show here, but who else is like behind the scenes helping you make this happen? Yeah, I mean, besides, uh, of course, Rihanna, Rihanna Manuel Pena is my, my my partner in crime in all of this, you know, having her, you know, be a part of these conversations and being a part of the process of thinking about how we can make this show bigger and just her knowledge and her her ability to, to roll with the punches. And, you know, she's had a, a very, you know, 
wonderful transformative year of getting married and having a child mm -hmm. and, and, and being like, Hey, how can I help? You know, like that's, that's the biggest thing that any creator can ask for is folks who will volunteer their help and volunteer, volunteer their brain space to be able to, to help you make a dream come true. Like there's very few people who have that in themselves to do that. Cause we're all looking to kind of make a way and, and, and get our names out there and figure that stuff out. But you need people to believe in you and your dream and your, in your, in your process to be able to get that stuff done. So you know, this show, I want to do this show forever with her as much as, much as I possibly can. Uh, the folks over at Grab Labs have been instrumental in in getting our, our show off the ground in terms of our voting. Uh, our, our show is all fan voted. Nominees and winners are all voted by the fans in the, in the community and the greater uh, Internet. Uh, so they have been our technological partners there to help us make sure that that has been on point and, and, and ready to go. Uh, the folks over at Movement Digital on the editing side have, have given us a visual identity with the work that they do over over on that side of the fence. Shout out to Nikki Barnes and, and that and that crew. Um, there's just so many folks in the mix who just like small things of like, oh, I needed a PR connect from somebody else. And they just hooked me up and was like, hey, this person won. I'm trying to find out so I can give them a trophy and get an expectancy. <laughs> do you know who they are? You know, it's that kind of work. So it's, it winds up being, you know, very much the it takes a village kind of kind of move, but it winds up starting with the concept and it winds up starting with who are the, the, the co-conspirators to, to speak of that, that, that know what you're worth and know that your work has value. And then we'll help you kind of see the next layers of stuff in that mix. So it's, it's, it varies from year to year. Uh, you know, we had, we had the fam, you showed a, you showed a quick clip of Eli Harris from last year and the year before, you know, he was the voice. He's still the voice of Bracago. Every vo every time you <laughs> listen to Spawn on Me, that is his voice inter introdu introducing our show, and I love him. Uh, we have a, we have a new um, MC for for this year, and she's brilliant and, and fantastic. Um, so it's you know it's all of those folks who come together and and offer up help and offer up you know utility and services and all that stuff to make a thing run, and it's it's fantastic and to be honest, really humbling in a lot of different ways. I'm just a regular dude <laughs> who is trying to make something cool uh, and people believe in it and believe in me. And that's, that's, that's humbling and, and, and lovely and beautiful. It's all pretty cool when you think about it. Yeah. And what's fun about watching the, the Spawnies is the, the village that comes together for it, whether it's knowing that like, Oh, this is on the kind of funny set or all of the influencers and creators who announce the nominees. And then of course the, the developers um, accepting the awards and what's fun about that in getting um, the people of color or, or diverse perspectives from the teams accept, accepting the awards. And it's kind of indicative of some of the issues of the games industry itself, but it's, often it, the devs you don't associate with the game itself it's not usually the person from the e3 stage or the announcement trailer it's uh, the lead writer or you know somebody being able to talk about the game that you've not heard from normally when you when we think of the person behind that game is that intentional or um is that just kind of how the, the show ended up working out a thousand percent. It's, it's been, it's again, it's a part of the, the ethos of the show. I think uh, folks, folks hear this, the thing I'm about to say, and they, and either folks really understand it or folks get really itchy about it. And the, and the, and the comment is my whole, my, my hope and my goal for every time you see the Spawnies 
is that from the beginning of the show to the ending of the show, you have nothing but folks from underrepresented communities. Everyone who's worked on it from behind the scenes, every person that you see, every presenter, every music artist, you know, your hosts, all of that stuff are folks that come from underrepresented communities because it is a testament to the conversation that I that I would hear over so many years of, well, where are you in the industry? Are you actually in the industry? Do you actually have a, a place within the industry? Are folks like you actually doing that work? And I know that there are a ton of us doing that work behind the scenes, in PR, in, in, in studios, on production at various places, all of, all of those conversations. And I'm like, well, if you don't know about those folks, that's not because they're, it, not because they're not there. It's because they're not giving a, a space to be shown. And if you can see that while you're watching our show, then my job is done. The most interesting part about that is when I go reach out to folks uh, for acceptance speeches, I put that in every email. I was like, I understand the demographics of the industry. I know that that the makeup is 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 very white. If you do have folks on your team that aren't from you know traditionally white spaces, and they come from underrepresented cultures give them the ability to go accept this award on behalf of your team because it not only showcases what that means for your team but that person if they're not you know it's it's also a hard line because there's that weird balance between does it feel like tokenism if that one person mm. is being asked to give that to you know to accept that speech or accept that award or because of the ask are you really understanding that this brings value not only to the external presence of your team and the presence of your studio, but for that person who is a part of that team, who more than likely is one of one, two of two, three of three on your team. So it's those pieces of intention that, 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 that drive home why the Spawnies looks the way it does and, and the goals that I have to, to make the show what it is and hopefully what it has been. And we've gotten close. We're, we're at, we had like last year was like 95%. Right. And then it, it usually winds up being the, the actual presenters that 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 throw the numbers off. So you can't do anything <laughs> about that. Uh, but say, hey, we got it. We have we still have work to do. Right. In, in terms of that conversation. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been fun to kind of look at the numbers and like, oh, I, I know I know where the numbers are going to change based on who, who's going to accept the thing. So it's, it's, it's funny in that respect. But the goal is still there. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, it's 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 acknowledging the goal and, and you know, seeing it and saying it out loud makes it a goal that we can work toward rather than like pretending it's not a like you said an, an unfortunate reality of the, the industry's makeup as it is right now sure yep uh so with that right now the the nominees are out for the the spawnies so i'm sure that outreach is going on if you don't mind me asking like has the show already been shot or or is the production of the show still coming Pieces are still coming in. Like we're still okay. waiting for acceptance speeches. That's always the sticky part is the, you know, because if you do a show towards the end of a year, like studios go on vacation in December, everyone's kind of ramping back up and getting back into the groove in mm. January. Uh, so, and it's hard to, it's hard to start voting so early that you wind up missing some of those later games in the year. So like last mm -hmm. year we didn't have God of War in the, in, in, in the mix because it was just too late for that game to cut in its release schedule to, to get that in the mix for voting. So it's an interesting balance of where you kind of move things. I think now with me thinking more about leaving the show in Black History Month, it gives me basically a full month 
to be able to go re- do outreach to, to studios uh, to be able to get that stuff done. I also still need a ton of help of getting, you know, some folks who are overseas or, you know, folks mm-hmm. who, you know, who don't have a, a big social media presence online to be able to poke them for an acceptance speech. Uh, so some of that stuff may get into the show and some of it may not. So it really depends on a lot of those things. And again, that's a good that's a, a good behind the scenes of like the the way this all works is you wind up having to be super malleable just because you want to give people the space to do what they do and not not tug on their time too much. Right. They're doing their mm-hmm. nine to five job. And I'm just a random person who's like, can you go record a, a two minute video real fast? <laughs> and you're like, what? I don't know you. Um, so there's like that <laughs> stuff that's in that mix. But um yeah, I think I think all of those pieces they come together when they wind up coming together. But it, it is that that part that makes it so fun when you do get them in because people are really heartfelt and they're really just like, yeah, I, I believe in this and I appreciate it. Uh, we had the folks from um, uh, As Dusk Falls uh, one last year, and uh, I've gotten to know them pretty pretty well and and love that team and they're they're awesome. And we were at Dice together uh, this year or last year. Uh, and it, it, maybe the year before we were at, we were at an event uh, and I brought their trophy with me to give it to them in person because I was like, <laughs> one, it's easier than trying to ship it Two, <laughs> I can give it to you. And it's a nice moment to be able to give it to you and see how you react to it. Cause I, you know, we do spend a lot of time trying to get the trophies to look nice and all that kind of stuff. And we, we've changed them a little bit this year, which is, I think they're even nicer this year, but yeah, there they go. I love them. Uh, they're, they're, they're brilliant. <laughs> so, you know, it was nice to be able to see them and, and hang out with them for a minute and get them, let them like open up their present and get a chance to see something that was given to them with love, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's all those pieces that, that, that bring it together for sure. I love that. That's, that's a really sweet story to hear. And as I mentioned earlier, as like being an awards nerd, I do love that the show is in late February. Like I don't, yeah. you know, the weird timelines like watching the grammys this weekend and an album from what feels well not even what feels like was like an, a year and a half ago win just feels very <laughs> yeah. um so getting to actually recognize things from that said calendar you know previous year is cool so looking at the categories themselves for this year um the, of course the the big the big biscuit not even no pun intended is the cheddar bay yeah. biscuit uh the four nominees this year, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, and Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yep. I guess, like, breaking down the the categories and nominees at large, like, starting with the categories, where do where do the names come from? They're they're very fun. I guess we'll start with the <laughs> Bay Biscuit. I got to know the story there. Oh, God. So the names are, are a play on a lot of different things. They are, you know, Spawn on Me lore. They are... Uh, uh, snippets of time from from memes that have come up in the in the in the industry or around culture and stuff the cheddar bay biscuit uh which is the virtual currency uh of <laughs> bricago uh which is a mashup of uh my former co-host and co-founder of spawn me cicero holmes who used to live in chicago who lives in chicago uh and me when i was living back home in new york at that time in brooklyn so we mashed those up and that's how bricago came together we had a random conversation one day about like, what would it be if we were to have a virtual currency? Uh, and we were like, man, we really do like cheddar Bay biscuits. Cheddar <laughs> Bay biscuits are, are, are the best thing on the planet from red lobster. I, as a former red lobster employee have seen how the actual biscuits are made. Uh, and it's not that sexy, but okay. I was going to ask, do I want to know? <laughs> yeah, they're frozen, but, it, but you know, whatever. but, but, but it was this thing where it clicked immediately. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of, 
kind of brilliant to be able to have that as our currency and as a thing that you would eat just because you're hungry and really <laughs> like it. Uh, so Cheddar Bay Biscuit is, is the name of, of our Game of the Year award. Uh, the Snot Bubble Cry Award is is one of my favorite award names, and there's it's kind of twofold. There is um, it was always the kid in the in the in the in the playground that you kind of always would see, and you like they had a super <laughs> snotty runny nose, and they just could never like wipe their nose properly, so they always had like a snot bubble in their nose. And then there was a there was a moment uh, with this really classic meme of this black parent and his and his child and you know his adult child. And it's a video you can look it up on on YouTube. It still should be there. It's called the ugliest cry ever. Uh, and his face, he's like, you know, he's talking to his son. And he's like, I just want you to know. And his, his face just like melts into like tears. <laughs> and, and it's the worst cry ever. It's like the, the most ugliest cry. Uh, so that's in there. The, you know, virtual reality uh, is our Jamiroquai award because, of course, <laughs> virtual insanity, which is a classic, a classic music, music, music jam. Uh, and there's there's one one that had a little bit of controversy that we switched over the past couple of years. Uh, from year one, our sports award was called the Willis Reed Big Dummy Award, which is a mashup of one of my favorite Knicks of all time because I'm a big Knicks fan. Was Willis Reed uh, and Sanford and Son, which is one of my favorite uh, uh, sitcoms. Uh, of all time, which, you know, featured Red Fox and, and, and all of those folks. And Red Fox would always call his son Lamont. He's like, you big dummy. And he would tell him, you know, because he would do stuff and that was that was wrong all the time. And I was like, I don't want to give people an award that says dummy on it. That seems kind of mean. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't think people will be really excited to to win an award that says you big dummy on it. <laughs> uh, so we changed it to if you've ever watched the NCAA tournament, there is a moment at the end of that broadcast where there's a song that plays called one shining moment uh so we mm. changed that to the one shining moment award um so it, it's fun again it goes back to that 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 conversation of like these award shows don't have to be stodgy they don't have to be you know you know you know pinkies in the air kind of stuff it doesn't need to do that it can be fun and light and you know a massive shout out to my friends uh, uh, over at um, uh, oh my god, why am I missing? Why am I missing? Uh, I'll, I'll remember it in some moment. But our design team, uh, uh, over Reflect, over Reflect Design, who did all of our artwork. They redesigned our Spawnies logo, all all of the Spawnies art that you see in the studio, and all of our logo marks and all that kind of stuff. They they made those, um, and it really does bring a really cool flair to our show because it is these small facsimiles of me in all these various stages of doing stuff. Uh, that, that feel really cool and interesting and, and kind of really pull together the names of the sh- names of the categories alongside the visuals, which has been this has been super fun. So yeah, it's all it's all in love and ingesting and fun. You know, it's, <laughs> don't 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 make it don't make it something you want it to be memorable, but you also want it to be something where people walk so actually be excited to, to, to receive it, you know. Yeah, we're, we're seeing some of the animations on screen now, and, and they do just bring a lot of fun personality to the show, which, like you said, can often be missing uh, from award yeah. shows. I, what I love so much about yeah, the we, Cheddar uh, Bay... There it is. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's, there's the new Biscuit Award. This is, the, this is not having an actual winner on it. So this is, this is, <laughs> if you're like, spoilers, there's no spoilers. So we, we had these redone and remade, uh, and they're, they're super fun. They're like, awesome, really good weight, and hopefully these will look nice in a studio we actually got a video of uh i had a friend of mine who works at 343 
and they they have one of our Swannies in their trophy case, which is rad. It's like almost made me cry. It was like, oh my oh. god, we made the thing that they put in their studio. Like that's awesome. So we, again, make it fun, make it make it make it something that people want to enjoy, and, and, and then and then. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the the new trophies look great. One of the things I love about the the Cheddar Bay Biscuit Award as the name for the game of the year is it is, you know, by nature, Red Lobster, a little regional. So when uh, Horizon Forbidden West won last year, them talking about like, I don't know when we'll be able to get our hands on them, but when we do, we'll have to, you know, celebrate. I hope so. I mean, to to be fair, we've been trying to get them. <laughs> There's trophies. We still have their trophies. Oh no! So we're trying to ship it, but yeah, it's just been hard. It's just losing losing people. So another part of the game dev stuff is like you lose people yeah. who you had connections with. Um, but yeah, like it is. It is one of those things that if you know, you know, uh, and, and that is kind of also super fun because I get asked that a lot. Of like, where did these names come from? Well, like, why would you? Why would you call it like a stop mobile cry? What's the, what's the six million ways to die thing? And I was like. I was like, oh, let me play the song for you. And they're like, oh, <laughs> okay. That's where that comes from. So it's 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 fun to have those kind of like in jokes then become out jokes, which is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and also be a thing to be celebrated. So that's always rad. So of the uh, categories this year, is there I know of course it's fan voted. Um yep. you're helping organize and, and then of course recognize. Is there one though you personally get invested in that you're you're really rooting for whether it's a category at least or in this case a uh, year like a specific game you want to see take home anything oh yeah i mean uh, i'm i'm a huge fighting game fan as you can see with my mortal Kombat rug uh you know always pulling for the folks over at nether realm to to potentially <laughs> win an award if they're if they're nominated and stuff like that at the in our new that's what our newest category is the the be water my friend category uh, for best fighting game of the year so it's it's usually though you know that category our Bacargo Bacargo Heritage Award which is the kind of best showcase of diversity it's always interesting to see where fans vote for that um, ongoing game is actually really interesting too because it is a a very telling kind of um, snapshot of where people are and and what games have stuck which is really cool so those awards are, are really specifically kind of like canaries in the coal mine for a lot of different things and like those are telling of the the industry one of the games that i that i was rooting for and and, and still rooting for uh and was happy to see nominated was el paso elsewhere uh from zaliger mm. nelson uh and, and strange scaffold like that game I, it, I, it made me a little mad that 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 some of the the votes didn't go all the way uh in in that direction for some for some voting for some categories uh, but it was cool to just see that that game got into the mix because I was like, man, this game is brilliant in so many different ways, like musically and visually and story and all of those stuff. Sometimes it makes it it, it makes it feel like we don't have enough categories for things, <laughs> uh, but also like making more categories means making needing more money. <laughs> so I try to try to keep it tight, yeah. try to keep it into a space <laughs> to, to keep it good. But like El Paso Elsewhere, like there are games I'm rooting for whenever I see it anyway, like El Paso Elsewhere, Space Club, uh, Super Space Club. Uh, that that game is just brilliant. Alan Wake 2 is one of my favorite games of the year. And it was just ridiculously good. So like, you know, I think the, the beauty of it is it, it feels like our audience is really tapped in, which is super cool. And it, and it really does talk to the audience that I was hoping to cultivate with Spawn on me. And it feels like that's come to fruition where there's a lot of different likes. We had we had almost 
uh, almost 2000 different submissions this year, which, which was nuts to be able to see. Uh, and those numbers grew from year over year, which is, which is super cool. So that's, that's a, a, a big telling factor that the it's resonating and people are excited to vote. Yeah, that's that's great about the the two thousand votes this year. For those who you know listening and weren't able to partake in the voting themselves, what does that process look like for people? Um, is it a blank slate? Are there like hun- you know a bunch of options? Yeah, so we we have three main options in where in which you can vote. So we usually start on on Twitter. Uh, I will not call it X. Uh, we usually start on Twitter. <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm the same way. I'm like, hell no. So, it's so still we Twitter to me. On Twitter, <laughs> right? Like, you know, we usually start on Twitter. Uh, we, we put out a big call. We, we, we throw out the, the category names and we say from this point to this point, you can basically reply to this tweet or reply to this particular uh, tweet with this game being uh, this category here. And everything that's there gets tabulated from our friends over at Grab Labs. And then when we move into the secondary phase, uh, we, we, we have a really cool extension that's on our website that they, that they made and also one that goes on our Twitch page. So you can vote directly there alongside voting on Twitter. So it's, those are like the three main vectors there. There's, there's one that I want to do, and I just haven't had the, the actual resources to make it happen yet. Um, I'm hoping to make it, make it work. I really want to actually see if we can get you to be able to vote on the panic play date have you seen you do you familiar with oh that, yeah that device i, I want to crank it, for those who don't know with the crank yeah, yeah so i wanted i wanted to pitch a, a, a version of of how do you vote on that uh, <laughs> i love that you know, idea find a, <laughs> find a dev and and, and, and and have them figure it out um i just don't think that the the api was 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 really connected to the internet mm. in that way in that way uh, but it's a thing I do want to revisit of figuring out a way to do it that way. Like I've had some, fa- uh, some folks ask me like, Hey, have you ever thought about doing voting in Roblox? I was like, Ooh, that would be kind of cool. Would be uh, cool. you know, I w- like maybe you, you know, do something in, in UEFN, maybe do something in Fortnite, you know, like there's, there's a lot of potential there, especially with the motif of our show, which is fun and light. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that those things would, would easily kind of, kind of make a, a, a quick way to do it, but I would love to see a way to gamify it and, and get it into a game space to be able to do that work so that you're, you go into a game that you love and have the, uh, the option to do it in the same ways that, you know, the game awards was doing it. So that would be a lot of fun to be able to make happen. Yeah. I love that idea. I, I, of course, just as most many gamers headspace is you know, been this year is like, when are we going to hear about the next Switch console? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this idea entered my head of like, oh, one of the the Switch 2's launch games is the is the Spawnies for voting app. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Nintendo folks, I know you listen to the show. I don't know, I'll, exactly. I'll figure it out. I'll poke some people and see what happens. So. <laughs> well, with this being the Spawnies three, of course, we talked about the progression from one to two. Like, are there any other big learnings you took away from the first two years of the show that you're excited to implement into this year's iteration, or even like you said, going into next year? Yeah, I think I think you're always trying to figure out, and I've I've been trying to toy with multiple things that are around. Like, what does this show look like if it becomes a live show? Mm. that's been a thing that folks have asked about it was like are you ever going to do a live version of this and i was like i want to but it costs a lot and it's 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 honestly scary like it's you know getting a chance i I learned a lot while i hosted dice Mm. and even though that was in a virtual space we did it live like i was talking to all of those folks i did 
22 roundtable discussions in the span of like two days and hosted each one of those. Um, and you just learn a lot about how to coordinate things and what parts need to come first. What parts do you reuse? What parts do you rebuild? What, what are the avenues for expansion? How do you think about marketing your, your, your award show? How do you think about sponsorships in the mm -hmm. ways that you had not thought about before? Like all of those pieces that make up the process of making this happen you automatically are just learning things all the time because you're throwing yourself into the fire instantly by saying you're doing it. Once you've announced that you're doing it and there's an expectation, then you're giving yourself all the rope to hang yourself with in a lot of different ways. <laughs> but it's a lot, but it's, but that's the fun part of the challenge is that when you remark about and you recall about all the things that you've learned and, and, and mm. I think one of the conversations I hear often uh, or questions I get a lot is, hey, Kali, if I'd like to do what you do, how do I do that? And I was like, well, depends on what you want to do. And <laughs> it depends on what layer of that do you want to take on? Because I wear 7000 hats at this point. But I tell people who are especially trying to make that jump from content creation to development or content creation to entrepreneurship, because this is a business. I tell people all the time that like you have to really pinpoint the things that you want as a goal and then move towards that goal strategically. But that's that sounds very, you know, pie in the sky ish and, and doesn't really dig into the nuts and the bolts. But the nuts and the bolts are you don't know what you're doing until you're doing it. And once you started the process, then you're like, oh, that throw that away. That didn't work. Oh, that that worked really, really well. How do we replicate that and, 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 and embrace that? You know, even if it's not working well, how do you embrace it and finesse it and figure out the best ways to kind of maneuver it and massage it? So, you know, everything from, uh, you know, where are you going to record next year or, you know, are you going to do a live show next year? You know, we you know, what are some things that you want to implement? And even when I look back at the, the recording from this year, there are things I was like, oh, man, I missed that. Or I wish mm. I had said that or, or this part of the show is a little bit different because of this. Um, all of those pieces are learnings and all those things make you better. And all those things then hopefully make a a better, tighter and, and kind of more entertaining show for the next year. So you you have to kind of let go of things once you've recorded it, which is nice. Um, and then you have to then do this, the audit on the back end once you've done it to look at it and fine tune it and, and, and to make it really, really tight. Yeah. That's a great way to look at, look at it in a good perspective, just to have on goals in general is, is it's always a process. Nothing's ever or rarely perfect the first time. And it's about yeah. taking the time to be thoughtful about what can I improve and, you know, fine tune, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, we said, of course, at the top of the show that I'm going to pull it one more time just to make sure i'm right yeah thursday february 29th yeah. 6 p.m pacific time uh any other information or things you know this is coming out on wednesday the 7th um anything listeners should know in the meantime between now and the 29th yeah i would say a couple of things one again you know shout out to our friends over at ign for for simulcasting it alongside us there uh there's a weird small thing that's like very twitch related you know, if you've watched the show in the previous couple of years, sometimes you'll get an ad during the show. I would say February. I don't. I usually don't ask people to subscribe to our show. You, you know, very kind if you do. But I usually tell folks, if you're going to subscribe in any month, do it in the month that we're doing Spawnies. 
so you'd get an uninterrupted uh, broadcast for yourselves. It usually goes usually goes up on YouTube after that, but the live experience of being in chat and watching the excitement and watching people, you know, be hyped about the, you know, who won an award or, you know, be mad about who won an award or, you know, go listen to the, the music performances. Like there's a palatable energy that you don't really get in any of the other award shows uh, that, that you do get with the Swanee. So, so if you are going to subscribe, subscribe in February, subscribe this month. Um, and, and I think, you know, like uh, the thing I would always say is like, I always am looking for feedback. I, I, I always want to make the show better. I always want to make it feel as good as possible. So if you've gotten a chance to see last year's show and you're like, hey, here's the thing I wish you would do for this year or for next year, like, please, 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 like send that information my way because this is a show that is for for us. It is a show for all of the folks who are Bricago residents. It is a show for anyone who cares about the gaming industry. It is a show that for anyone who cares about you know, seeing, seeing dope music during, during a performance, I mean, during a, <laughs> during a award show, like all of those things are there for you. Um, and it, it just helps to, to fine tune it when we get good feedback about that stuff. So I would say those are the things that I would kind of tell people, if you, if you've not really been familiar with it, go check out last year's show, you'll get a good I, idea of what the vibe is and, and you'll get something a little bit, you'll get something similar this year, but, but it, it has been elevated in some ways for sure. Well, looking forward to it. We'll link to all of that in the description, including to last year's show for anybody to catch up in the in the meantime before Spawnies 3. Um, we talked yeah. about goals earlier for Spawnies, you know, now and in the future. Uh, but to broaden it back a bit to Spawn on Me as a whole, which, of course, produces mm-hmm. and, you know, is presents the Spawnies, if you will. Uh, what are your goals for Spawn on Me this year? Are there any big content or just kind of, uh, you know, mission goals you're hoping to accomplish yeah i mean i think for the show itself we're always trying to get bigger you know like i, I think the show is now in its 10th year we hit our 10th year this year which is uh congrats uh, a wild thing to say out loud um but i think for me as a person who is now kind of on the back half of some of their content creator your creator career I'm always looking for new ways to engage with the audience. I'm always looking for new, interesting angles for conversation. You know, I still want to get that Phil Spencer, Sarah Bond interview uh, in, in, in the can again. And we were the first folks to actually interview Sarah Bond. People, people don't know that. Um, but, you know, I want to get some of those big milestone interviews that have always been a little bit out of arm's reach to be able to have on this show. And I, and I also want to, you know, I also want to expand Spawn on Me into a couple of different vectors that I think would be a lot of fun. Like I want to do more production. I want to do more things under the Spawn on Me banner in terms of, you know, how do we tell good stories and how do we bring good people into the fold? So Spawn on Me is always a, a work in progress. Uh, I am I am a, a Virgo by trade and by birth. <laughs> and I, and Same. I've never, Same. Yeah, and, and, and I'm always looking for perfection and, and learning how to figure that out, uh, which is very, very difficult. But, Feel uh, that but deeply. I, but I'm ha- yeah, no doubt. That was the two, <laughs> that was a Tupac tattoo I'd have on my belly and be like, "Damn you, perfection!" Um, but I, but I think that that's the, the 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 hope is to continue to grow in a space where we become even more financially solvent. Uh, we 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 were looked upon as the show that you go to for these kinds of conversations that 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 aren't taboo. Like we, there there is no taboo subject on our show. Um, and, and it's a way to expand the, the narratives of like, what does it mean to do a show that's smart and nuanced and, 
and fun. I feel like the internet has forgotten that that is a, a reasonable and valuable set of traits to have. Um, but it is one that I will continue to stand on and, 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 you know, scream with uh, off, off every rooftop that it has and needs a place to live because so much of the space is so about being sensationalized and, 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 you know, gossipy and rumor me and all those kinds of ways. And I'm like, that doesn't fuel me. That doesn't drive me. That doesn't make me excited mm-hmm. to talk about or, or excited to be, or be happy about. I want to be able to give people spaces to talk about things smartly and to talk about them from a position of actual knowing as opposed to just the scuttlebutt of the internet. So um, if we can do that, then I'm in a good spot. And and that means that the show continues to roll. Uh, and when that stops being the case, then I'll, I'll have to pack up the tent and move it. But until then, I think we still have a good set of feet on the ground and, and a good a good kind of direction to, to move in in that respect. Yeah, that's uh, being both, you know, informative and champing of, of people deserving of it and fun. I think that's that's a hell yeah. of a mission statement. And I like that. Uh, of course, by, by the nature of how, you know, shows on the Internet go, I'm sure there are people listening to this right now that have not listened to Spawn on me before. So where do you have any like, you know, foundation or, or you know, touch point episodes that you like to send people to checking out the show for the first time? Yeah, a thousand percent. Um, we've done a lot of really cool episodes over the past 10 years. Like uh, I think our Sarah Bond interview is one of the best interviews that, she, that she's done. Uh, with with some folks it was it was a really cool time to catch her in the kind of like um blooming of her career in that way uh it'd be interesting to see where she's at now now that she's the head of the ship um uh, we did some really great shows again less than blackness show was the one that really put us on the map in a lot of different ways that discussion around police brutality george floyd and and, and blm and, and all those conversations was was again transformative for the industry uh, we had a really great conversation about with, with Zoe Quinn way back in the day. She actually, we actually were the first podcast interview she had ever done, um, talking about just her life and and, and the way that she worked and, and those pieces. Um, and and I think the beauty of where we kind of land the ship when it comes to interviews and and conversations is that when you come to Spawn on Me for for a guest appearance know that I am picking those folks for a reason. I think there are, there are like shows that will pull people in because it's like, well, they're promoting a thing or there's a thing that they have to do. Like my, my, my foundation of who gets on the show is like, if you, if you're dope and I think that you have something really cool to say, or you're angling something in a way that the other folks aren't, those are the folks that I want to talk to. It's a, it's a weird kind of backwards way to do it. But I say, I care less about the thing that you're coming on to promote and more about you as a human being and mm-hmm. why you decided to get into game dev in the first place. That to me is a way more interesting conversation because you have decided again, that you want to spend your time on this planet for the time that you're doing it on something that is bringing people joy and bringing people fun. Why did you decide to do that when you could be using your brain for anything else on the planet? So, you know, that episode, the Evan Narcisse one, you know, like the episode 50 or something like that, the, the Narcisse naissance is the name of that episode. Uh, was transformative too. That was like, we talked about black hair for the first time. We were talking about that seven years ago, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we're still still having those discussions today. So I think we've broken some ground in a lot of different ways. I think we've set the standard in a lot of different ways. And I think we've continued to, to, to really be a voice for the unheard in a lot of different respects 
with the with the show and the episodes that we've done and we had some crappers too so it's fine <laughs> like we have, <laughs> we have some ones that weren't that great too so like that's the beauty and blessing of doing a weekly show so you know 500 episodes in the can that's what happens when you wind up getting there <laughs> <laughs> hey like you said that's that's all part of the process and um mm-hmm. That's what happened. Hey, Ten years. That's incredible. And congrats on that. I uh, I like just having that mission of the why of of somebody's story because you know the the what might be the flashy thing getting you know somebody in the door, but if if the story behind it isn't interesting, then it doesn't make for a very compelling podcast or or, or show or, or live stream. Thousand percent. So with, you know, you mentioned loving to or hoping to have Sarah Bond back on the show. Are there any other interviewee white whales uh, that you're hoping to catch and, and have on the, the show in the years or in this year to come? I would absolutely love to have more PlayStation folks on the show. Like, I'm, I would love to get Herman Holst on the show at some point. I think he's fascinating. And having moved from Gorilla now into that kind of uh, prominent position at the head of PlayStation, like... And with the conversations that are happening on that side of the fence of like where they're landing, like that would be a really awesome conversation to have. I'd love to talk to the folks from Naughty Dog at some point to get them on the show to, to talk about the work that they've been doing. I think I think it really comes down to like who are the folks who are moving conversations in a really smart way um, and who are folks who are not afraid to be really honest about where they're at. Like that to me is way more important for the overall conversation and timber of it um then the like well your game is coming out like that's cool but like i care more about where are you in 2024 what are you what are the things you're thinking about how's the game space changed like i think there are a lot of tech tech conversations that are happening that are both being missed and that are being talked about in ways that aren't really necessarily um beneficial to the audiences of the, of the gaming space like i want to bring on some folks who are talking about AI conversations. I want to talk about, you know, who who are the folks who are really digging into the space about the layoff situation, the 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 labor movement and and the the unionization movement in 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 twenty twenty four. Like, there are a lot of really good stories to 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 pull at, um, and I'm hoping that the audiences still appreciate those and still want to hear those. So, yeah, there's there's definitely some folks who are still on the bucket list, and and uh, you know, I'm knocking on doors and saying, hey, can I get in? Uh, and see if we can make it happen. Well, I love to hear it, Khalif. Looking forward to whoever is coming on the show, and you know the both in the tenth year and and the years to come for Spawn on Me. So we talked about where everyone can find the Spawnies. Uh, where can people watch and listen to Spawn on Me, the show? Yeah, you. We're on all podcast platforms, uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've really been doing a lot of our video work over on Spotify because you can watch and listen to the show you know, over there, uh, both in audio and video form. Uh, you know, I have a, a little bit of a project you'll see get teased during Spawnies this year that's going to be coming up that's, you know, more in that kind of interview lane. Uh, and I would love to kind of do more, you know, uh, more more sports content. So I got a chance to do a show on Peacock a couple of years ago uh, that was around that. So that's that's another content goal. So you'll see me in a lot of different places, uh, <laughs> hopefully, and, and hopefully uh, a lot of different avenues for for more of me in your ear holes uh, in the future. <laughs> well, sweet. Looking forward to it. Thank you again for the time, Khalif. Congrats on 10 years of Spawn on Me. Again, February 29th, 6 p.m. Pacific, Spawnies 3. 
I'm looking forward to tuning in. Links to all of that are in the description. You can find this show everywhere at Real Time Strats. Email us questions at podcast at triplepointpr.com. Go wish Caitlin some love at Caitlin Redwing. You can find me everywhere at Sam Scott Mosher. Uh, and until next week, thank you all so much for listening.